presented by Facebook. Good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghuman Avalon. It's Monday. After a string of political and policy wins for the White House, here comes the hard part, selling them. It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. President Joe Biden and his entire administration are readying for a roadshow with a simple message. We did what we said we would do. Looking to capitalize on his string of policy and political wins, the White House is launching a travel and media blitz over the next few weeks as it looks to beat the historical midterm odds in less than three months. The details of the victory lap were outlined in a White House memo from Deputy Chief of Staff Jen O'Malley Dillon and Senior Advisor Anita Dunn to Chief of Staff Ron Klain. You could catch a link to the memo, exclusively obtained by Playbook, in today's Playbook, but a couple of highlights. The upbeat tone of the memo reflects a larger feeling inside the White House that, after months of bad news, Biden's presidency has reached an undeniable pivot point with the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, which Biden is expected to sign sometime this week. It also reflects a sense of vindication among White House aides about their theory of the case that a focus on delivering concrete results for Americans, ignoring the conventional wisdom and staying out of needless fights, would ultimately pay off politically. A White House official told Playbook last night, quote, We never lost focus on that. The president never lost focus on that, and it all came together. We feel good about having something solid for us to sell, for members of Congress to sell. Senior White House aides have conceded, in the past, that the administration has struggled at times to sell their accomplishments to the American people. The plan for Orocha reflects an effort to avoid past mistakes. Yet the spate of good news has so far made only a modest impact on Biden's approval ratings, which are still, to be quite honest, dismal. But aides tell Playbook that they're anticipating movement in the months to come. One year ago today, Kabul fell to the Taliban, marking an end to America's 20-year war in Afghanistan. As the White House touts a fresh pivot point, the anniversary of the chaotic U.S. pullout recalls another hinge event that started the Biden administration's year-long political plunge. Aides point to the July 31st killing of al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zawahiri as evidence that military and intelligence forces can still do what they need to do in the region to keep Americans safe. But today, there's no shortage of rough stories about the chaos of the U.S. withdrawal the brutal conditions for Afghans, and the ongoing political liabilities for Biden. Politicos, Andrew Desiderio, Laura Seligman, and Alex Ward have details in today's playbook on a 118-page report from Republicans on the House Foreign Heirs Committee that, quote, examines the actions by administrations of both parties that led to the collapse of Afghanistan's U.S.-backed government, as well as the failure to adequately plan for what became a chaotic and deadly withdrawal from the country. The report finds that more than 800 Americans were helped out of the country after U.S. trips withdrew, and that hundreds more were left behind during the pullout than previously known. A State Department spokesman told the trio that, quote, at least 800 legal permanent residents have been whisked out since the pullout was finished. Relatedly, the Washington Post points out the inquiry is, quote, an apparent blueprint for a deeper investigation of the president and his top advisors should the GOP win the House majority in November's midterm elections. Elena Treen from Axios got her hands on the draft of a White House memo from NSC spokesperson Adrian Watson, describing the House GOP report as, quote, riddled with inaccurate characterizations, cherry-picked information, and false claims. As Treen points out, quote, the diverging documents represent the split screen we'll see in the coming days of how Democrats and Republicans will recount what happened last year. 
And if you're wondering how soon the investigation into documents at Mar-a-Lago will wrap, buckle up. Investigators are, quote, now pursuing the next steps of the department's criminal investigation into the handling of national security material and presidential records, a process that may take many months to play out, reports the Wall Street Journal. Quote, the FBI and Department of Homeland Security on Saturday issued a memo to state and local officials warning of an increase in threats of violence against law enforcement officials following the Mar-a-Lago search. The memo, reviewed by Wall Street Journal, said the threats are occurring primarily online, on social media, and web forums. They include a threat to place a so-called dirty bomb in front of FBI headquarters and issuing general calls for civil war and armed rebellion, the memo said. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. Nothing listed on President Joe Biden's public schedule. Here's what's on the vice president's calendar. Vice President Kamala Harris and second gentleman Doug Emhoff will depart Los Angeles to head to Kauai, Hawaii at 2 p.m. The House and the Senate are out today. Here's what else to circle on your calendar this week. Today, the congressional delegation visiting Taiwan is due to depart. On Tuesday, primaries in Alaska, South Dakota, and Wyoming, home to the day's marquee race, Liz Cheney versus Harriet Hageman. On Wednesday, Rudy Giuliani is scheduled to appear before a grand jury investigating efforts to overturn the 2020 election in Georgia. U.S. retail sales are released for July. Experts expected to show a slowdown in consumer spending. All right, for more news, what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Munavalin. Have a good week. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Facebook is taking action to keep its platform safe. Their safety and security teams are over 40,000 strong, more than the size of the FBI. In the last six years, Facebook spent over $16 billion, enough to build seven pro stadiums, all to help create safer connections. And more than 40 million people are using Facebook's privacy checkup each month. That's nearly 60 times the population of Washington, D.C. And they're doing all of this? to keep their platform safe. Learn more about the work ahead at facebook.com forward slash action.